Jersey for some pro wrestling punditry because we are slamming it in your ear holes today. It is All Out Week. It is StarCast Week. It is NXT UK TakeOver Week. It is New Japan Royal Quest Week. It is Warrior Wrestling Six Week. And this is The Winkly. I am your host, managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman. Joined here as I am just about every Thursday by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Great to be back. It is a slam banging time for pro wrestling right now. All the shows I just listed there at the top, those are all getting coverage this week. And that is five events. StarCast All Out, NXT UK TakeOver, New Japan Royal Quest, and Warrior Wrestling 6. It never stops, Justin. It just gets busier these days and it's only going to keep getting busier it is uh well uh like i said we're going to cover all those shows i'm actually heading uh to uh, schaumburg here uh, in a couple hours to go cover the all-out press conference and weigh-in so i'll be on site michael weinstein uh michael <laughs> uh weissman why do you call him weinstein michael i have a michael weinstein friend that's why michael weissman uh will be on site as well getting interviews uh and covering the events and uh, we hope you guys enjoy all of it. The rest of the stuff that I talked about, we're just going to have coverage on the site. So stay with us all weekend long for all your pro wrestling news. Uh, and speaking of pro wrestling news, we're going to have a whole bunch of it here for you today. Busy past 24 hours in the world of pro wrestling at Wrestling Inc. We're going to give you all the news of the day here in just a moment. But right after that, you're going to get two big interviews. Right after the news, you're going to hear from our good friend TJP, the former Cruiserweight champion, the current Impact Wrestling star, TJ Perkins, uh, talking to us all about his return to Impact Wrestling uh, their upcoming tapings here in Vegas, uh, their recent tapings down in Mexico, and a lot more. You're also going to hear from, uh, right after TJ, our good friend Scott Fishman. He got an interview with Netflix Glows. Kimmy Gatewood, one of the biddies, is going to be here on the show today. So uh, an <laughs> awesome collection of talent. You Did that giggle when I said biddies? Yeah, I, 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 I was watching Glow last night. I, 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 I love that show. <laughs> That's my Biddy's impression. Uh, yes, they're delightful. She's hilarious. And uh, Kimmy Gatewood is the one. We've had Shavo on uh, before to talk uh, about, about Glow. He, of course, does the wrestling training. And he said Kimmy took to the wrestling quicker than any other cast member on the show. So awesome interview. Thank you, Scott. You're going to get it here later. TJP, Kimmy Gatewood. But let's get to it here. News you can use. News to leave a bruise. We'll get to something that broke just before we went on the air, and that is the coveted PWI 500. It's out, Justin. Are you are you going to run to your your Walgreens and grab the paper copy, add it to your collection? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the PWI 500. It's always cool to see uh, what these guys over at uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated think of the current state of pro wrestling and who's on top. Well, this year, the man to top the PWI 500 is Seth Rollins. He's number one. Uh, followed by Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, Kazuchika Okada, Okada, Johnny Gargano, Roman Reigns, Kenny Omega, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Will Ospreay. Uh, what do you think, Seth Rollins? Is he the man? Is he the number one for the last year? Um, I, I don't disagree with it. I don't. I don't uh, think it's offensive. Um, I mean, you know, you look at the fact that he has uh, remained largely healthy his his uh, the the workload that he's carried um for for WWE I mean yeah I mean and it's just performances are are you know him and he you know his performances are top notch who he's who he works with ranging from the type of match you have with Brock Lesnar down to uh you know the type of match you can have with guys like AJ Styles so I mean uh, I have no problem with him being number 1 I mean it's it's all it, 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 this is what's so fun about it you know, yeah I agree with you I look forward to this every year because there's 
so many ways and so many different kind of criteria that you can try to impose to, to make your case for who should be number one, who should be number two. Uh, so, yeah, I'm fine with this. Okay. You know, uh, for my money, I was surprised that Cody Rhodes didn't break the top ten. I thought that, you know, he's really stolen the show, I think, at all the AEW-related events here. Uh, his match is always the most buzzed about. So I was a little surprised to see Kobe wasn't in the top ten. And Seth, yeah, I mean, look, Seth Rollins, he's beat Brock Lesnar. He's been on a tear. You know, a huge push. But I, for me personally, the Kofi Kingston story still resonates more for me. For a guy, for, for somebody to go from one place to another in a year span, I think Kofi Kingston has got to be considered. I mean, he's number four here on the list. But uh, I, I think that he uh, very deserving. Daniel Bryan at number two, great. Everything Daniel Bryan touches turns to gold. So a lot of cases that could be made here, you know. Yeah, and I agree. I, I could, uh, you know, I could sit comfortably if both Kofi and Brian were ahead of Seth. If it went, you know, sure. Kofi, Brian, then Seth. You know, like I think you could definitely interchange and make a case. All the things you just said about Kofi, uh, Brian. If you want to factor in the kind of like the comeback story of the guy who you know we thought was retired and you know for medical reasons and has come back and is seemingly uh, knocked on knock on wood here uh, has not missed a beat and not been set back at all with injury. Yeah, well, look at that, and, and Will Osprey here at number ten. Him and Seth Rollins, only nine places apart. There you go. Uh, where, did, did, did you have the whole? Do you know where Cody did? Where where is Cody? Where did he rank? Do you know in front of you where he, where he put? I could probably pull it up here. Let me see here. Because I mean that's a, that's a fair that's a fair point too as well with 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 Cody. Yeah, no, I mean that's the thing though is like every match that Cody has on these AEW shows gets like high acclaim. You know, the him and Dustin tore the house down. That was probably match of the year. You know, that's why I was just surprised that Cody wasn't listed here. Let's see here, full list. Man, I wonder if somebody wrote it up. Is that okay? Does PWI want you doing that? I guess that's why you buy the magazine, right? That's why you want to buy it. But you know, the other thing I wonder about Cody too is that don't they they um isn't there yeah, the the evaluation period the Cody match actually might have been after the evaluation period because there's the because they do it by certain dates. Like I I think July one of twenty eighteen to June 30, 2019. So when was the Cody match? Okay. Uh the Cody match Cody Dustin. Uh the Cody Dustin match was a couple months ago. It was like okay, so. It, so, it was, so it was before June thirtieth, and it counts at the time. I can't easily find this. The only the top ten is leaked online right now. So anyway, well, we've 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 just given PWI uh, an infomercial. Go buy the magazine. <laughs> Go buy the magazine. All right, let's move to some more news here. Uh, well, this one caught everybody this morning. Uh, the Observer reporting that WWE officials have been in talks with Enzo and Cass, the former tag team, about a surprise return to the top to be the top stars or to be top stars in NXT. Now, there's no word yet if Enzo and Cass have accepted the offer, but apparently they have been in talks. Now, there's obvious, obviously there's speculation that they would return on the September 18th NXT USA Network premiere, but the Observer speculated that Vince could save them for week three, which is head-to-head -head with AEW TNT on October 2nd. My gut reaction is this is, I don't think, a good move for NXT, but what do you think? Yeah, you. I, I guess it depends on what you want to base it on. You know, I mean, would they... Pop a rating, probably. Um, you you know, I mean, the, these two guys, when they were together, they were one of the hottest things. It was once they were apart, things started. You know, you know whether or not from a. I mean, obviously not not as much cast as as Enzo. Obviously, Enzo left a lot of controversy with how he rubbed people the wrong way, and then of course, you know, in the midst of the allegations that came about him, uh, and on the day of the the famous Raw Twenty Five show. Um, you know, I don't know. Is that good for the locker room? There's a lot of debate. Bottom line, when they're together, and they're in the, and they're in the, I mean, they were they were at their best when they were together and on NXT. And on NXT. So, by that statement, 
you know, and you got up and you're looking for weapons to uh, to combat against competition. Um, it's I, it's worth. I mean, I don't know. It's worth. It's, it's worth. It's worth. It's worth a conversation. I don't know, man. I was in Madison Square Garden when that whole thing went down with them and Bully and the Briscoes, and the reaction was not like boo. I I want to watch you get beat up. The reaction was oh f me. People were not happy that they were there. And, you know, if we're talking NXT, that that demo right there, that AEW, that ROH demo, that hardcore fan demo, I don't know that this pops a rating. I don't know that this I, – I mean, look, I would learn from what happened with the ROH incident. You want to you wanna talk about them having on Raw or SmackDown? Whatever. Those are Vince's territories. Well, but, They're different but, audiences. I, I, don't, right. I don't think they do anything but, for but, NXT. But the, but, the, but the ROH situation was, you know, meant for them to come out and be, look – like they're invading or whatever. I mean, if, if, and, and also, I mean, look, if, if this is, if, if, if they are being consciously and well, purposely they, put on the show no and it's back in the NXT, I, I, I mean, no, ma- no matter how they would have been presented on that show, that audience did not want to see them. Justin, I'm telling you, I was there. Like it's it, no, if, if people had known they were going to be there, I think they'd have bitched about it before the show because it's just not their crowd. I'm telling you, man. Right. Well, I mean, again, they were at their best when they're together and on NXT. So, if, so them being together and back on NXT, it's at least worth a conversation. I would not have that conversation. I, I would, I would laugh at whoever told me that. And specifically for NXT, I, I just don't see them for that demo. I, I think if you have, if you are in that fan base and you're saying, do I watch AEW this week, a fun product with Renegades, or do I watch the Enzo and Cash show? I'm telling you, this does not help NXT. Why? But why? But why? Is it what? What is it about them? Is it? Is it because of all the? the is it because the of bad, the, the rubbing the, the bad, wrong? The bad stories, the poor work rate. I mean, it's just not the demo, you know. Well, well, I mean, look at the bad story. I mean, look, you know, you can't erase the bad stories, but of course, in wrestling, certainly many people have gotten a second chance, and many people have thrived in that second chance to uh, learn from from the first go around work rate wise. I look Cass is in phenomenal shape right now. He's gotten himself in a phenomenal shape. He seems, it seems like he's in a better mental place, which is great. Sure. Uh, and you know, and Enzo is Enzo, but I mean, he, but again, together they on NXT is when, when they were at their best. So I, I, again, I think it's worth a conversation. All right. Well, we'll see if it metastasizes or not, but I, 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 I my gut says this is not, he- this is not a helpful, this is not a bullet in the chamber. This is a bullet in the foot for NXT, in my opinion. So I, 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 again, it's like you bring it back, keep in Vince's little sandbox there, baby, it'll be okay. But I, I don't see them working. No, because well, Vince's sandbox is where they rub the people the wrong way. As NXT <laughs> seems like it's where they at least thrived. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, let's talk about the NXT Rod SmackDown sandboxes here. Now, uh, also from the Observer just this morning, WWE officials have been discussing a new draft concept. We're done with the shakeup, I guess, finally here, Justin. I think it went 20-something weeks. The shakeup is over. Now we're moving on to the draft to build permanent Raw and SmackDown rosters. Have you heard this one before, Justin? Stop me if you've heard this before. Have you heard this? Uh, isn't this a rerun? <laughs> I read this, and I was like, I'm having deja vu. Now, apparently, this was a new directive that was made by Vince McMahon. The plans right sure. now... <laughs> I'm sorry. What'd you say, Justin? Did you say something there? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Vince, Vince is like time for a draft. We've got to make these brands permanent. Uh, the plans are being kept quiet as USA and Fox reps will be the first ones to know when the new concept is decided on. There's no concrete word yet on NXT superstars being used on raw to build their names ahead of the NXT USA premiere on September 8th. But there've been arguments 
for and against the idea some feel that this would give NXT talents exposure to build the USA Network launch. The other argument is that any kind of cross-pollination on Raw would uh, establish the NXT stars as secondary-level talents, so they want to avoid that right now. Uh, but bringing the NXT superstars to Raw ahead of the big premiere could also lead to more interference from the vision that NXT higher-ups have. So this is where it comes down to, to Hunter and Vince, it sounds like. It was described to the Observer that Triple H's dream of creating a legitimate third brand of his own, it just came true. It happened. The, the boyhood dream has been realized. But now he is faced with the task of playing defense to keep Vince and Kevin Dunn's influence away from NXT. Where is this WWE Network show? This is the sitcom that I want. Anyway, uh, this I, again, you know, uh, the only twist here, I guess, from this report as opposed to different draft reports is now there's like, you know, I guess Triple H is, is going to try to establish this as something different here, you know, with the with little Vince influence. And, you know, Enzo has talked about how Triple H did not really like him, right? Vince liked him. So that's why, again, I say, I think outside that sandbox, he'd be fine. But if, if Vince is going to try to force things on Hunter that he doesn't want as part of that product, I cannot wait to read the reports coming out from backstage here in the coming months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I mean, this is just, this is what it's been. It, it's it's you know Triple H is doing things one way and has the NXT vision, which has been very successful, and it's different from how we you know have come to learn that Vince and Kevin Dunn operate. I mean this this is just this is just more just highlighting and just more reminding us what the situation is, and and again all the more interesting as you know because again NXT is probably going to beat Raw or SmackDown <laughs> in the ratings at some point, and what what's the reaction then? Like what happens then? I, I don't know. That's a great question. I think Sean Waltman predicted that, uh, that NXT would, would it, uh, maybe soon beat Raw and SmackDown in the ratings just out of interest alone. So, I, you know, I, this is a struggle here. You know, even before before the USA move, I had heard that, you know, Triple H and, and Vince, had, they butt heads, right, creatively on a lot of things. But NXT was where Hunter could go. He had freedom. He loved that product. Now it's going to be a very different ballgame here. And, again, it's like, yeah, you know, if, if – if this reports we reading yesterday coming out saying Hunter's going to be allowed to give freedom here as long as the rating stays up. I, I don't know. But again, that ends over. I read that and I was like, you know, cause I, I think it was Melnoski here for our site. He, he just said that, uh, you know, triple H didn't like him. Vince did. And Vince was the one that would always put him into things. And so I, I don't know that I don't, I don't know that, that story in particular. I just don't know how that square square peg fits into the round hole, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be all kumbaya. Again, I just that's why I keep saying the phrase. It's at least worth a conversation. Mm. Mm. Let's have a conversation about Nakamura and Zayn. Uh, at WrestleVotes, uh, reporting that uh, Nakamura and Zayn, this partnership could lead to a feud between the two, uh, with one of the ideas being discussed for Nakamura and Zayn uh, being that it, decide that it would eventually resemble the friendship storyline of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho that everybody really liked. Festival of Friendship back in 2016, 2017. It would lead to a big-time blow-off match between the two, and it was noted that they would be surprised uh, if the storyline lasted all the way to WrestleMania 36. So maybe it'll blow up before then. Now, there's no word on who would turn babyface, Nakamura or Zayn, uh, or if WWE has plans for the alliance to lead to a feud between the two uh, even sooner. So anyway, uh, I, watching these two put together here, I one of my thoughts in the back of my head was definitely like, this can't last forever here. Um, if you're going to turn one of them, Sami Zayn is such a great heel. I could see this as a chance to maybe try to get Nakamura back on track here to the to the star he was down in NXT. You know, yeah, it would make sense to keep you know Sami, who's you know, almost taking control and thinking and talking for Nakamura for him to you know break out of the brainwash spell, go back to being a babyface. 
he would make more sense as a babyface. And God, get rid of the heel music that he has. I hate, I hate the version of his music with the with the with the lyrics. Um, it, but you know, if <laughs> if a goal is for this to resemble the wonderful uh, Kevin Owens Chris Jericho saga that was so well done, one of the best you know stories, well done and payoffs and everything in recent memory. Uh, that is a high mountain for for these two, especially when one of them doesn't do much talking in the first place to, to try to climb. I'm fascinated by this dynamic, man. I really like Nakamura and Zane together. But, yeah, you know, if this is a chance for Zane to do something to screw over Nakamura accidentally and you everybody's like, oh, Nakamura is going to get Zane and it gets a, gives everybody a chance to rally behind that Nakamura. You know where they go from there? Who knows? But I, I in my head, I see the dynamic and, and I like it. I think that this is this could be very entertaining. Yeah, I mean it's got potential. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I you know, I think, I think the verdict's still out, and they're going to be judged based upon how these next few weeks go. There, there is potential for sure. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's just up to this point. Anything that that's kind of what makes Sammy talking for Nakamura work. But then, with they eventually have to split, and you, you, like just Nakamura, just he communicates in so many other ways other than verbally, and and so and that that can sometimes be, a, uh, that can be an obstacle in WWE. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, well, uh, we got an update here from yesterday. We were talking about that teased uh, Bray Wyatt versus or the Fiend versus either Braun or Seth Rollins match uh, that the venue for Hell in a Cell released uh, accidentally uh, in, a, in an announcement or possibly intentionally. Who knows? Uh, but in regards to the possible match between Wyatt and Braun, Braun tweeted out the following. If the student has to teach the teacher, then so be it. He can get these hands like anybody else. To which Bray Wyatt responded, LOL. Come teach me, baby boy. I love you. I've never lost to Seth, and I don't care if I die. Literally. What a maniac. Uh, I, I just had to read that. It did well on the site, too, but it was a cool exchange, I thought. Man, Bray Wyatt. A couple, new, a couple nuts roll around up there. A couple nuts loose up in the brain skull, you know? Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about this after our conversation yesterday on the weekly. Um you know who knows? It's not WWE has done this before in terms of where they, you know, oh something accidentally got public. Oh, our bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe the arena advertising this this fiend title match. Maybe this was calculated because Bray Wyatt certainly is probably the most talked about, and 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 in terms of what his booking is, everything's like very still mysterious, but everything's very interesting. So, I mean, both for local ticket sales and for just general interest. And again, this is a pay-per-view that's ending what's going to be the, the kickoff week of this craziness between WWE and Fox and, and AEW and everything. Maybe, maybe they calculated and purposely have put it out there that he is going to be booked into the title match to get the conversations going, to get the people talking, to get, I mean, you know, Braun Strowman is like, not, I mean, that's not sometimes that's not the that's not that sometimes it works maybe this is what's, what's happening here because i have a hard time believing that that i don't know it just it just seems interesting especially with bray and braun now talking about it yeah um yeah i i mean look the dynamics there i i think it's i think it's it would, you know it's very cool that you know braun's playing into it leaning into the the wyatt family history and everything so anyway wasn't calculated who knows resulted in some fun tweets uh fun tweet yesterday also came from cesaro Finally got his braces off after wearing two years. He joked that he could enjoy the best fruits again. Uh, of course, Cesaro had his front teeth knocked out when he was launched into a turnbuckle by Dean Ambrose at the 2017 No Mercy pay-per-view. Congratulations, Cesaro. Adult braces. That's rough. It's a rough go of it. It mentally taxes you, too, you know? 
Yeah, I I actually forgot until he tweeted that I forgot about that whole incident until till then. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe do you think this results in a better push for Cesaro now that he's bracesless? Well, I have heard that Vince is a thing against uh, braces. He thinks it's a sign of weakness. So perhaps <laughs> your teeth are weak. Are all over the place. Exactly. If, the place. if if he's offended by sneezing and yawning, you know he's offended by braces on your teeth. Yeah, getting their little spinach in there. It's gross. Uh, <laughs> uh, also on Twitter, uh, we had Ali. Uh, Matt Hardy did a Twitter Q&A. Matt, uh, Ali jumped in and asked him if they could be a tag team. And he said, yes, that'd be wonderful. Of course, they tagged together, I guess, on some live events not long ago. Uh, but Hardy was also asked about the WWE AEW Wednesday Night War, which he responded, I think it'll be good for the industry, the performers, and the fans. Competition forces everyone to be more creative and work harder, of which I think Matt Hardy then waved his head over, hand over his head and was like, hi, Vince. I'm very creative. There's things I can do. Uh, yeah, nothing with Matt right now. He's totally healthy, too. They're not really doing anything with him, right? That is correct. Um, Sweet. yeah, I mean, uh, he's, you know, and again, he's a guy who he's proven on the second half of his career. I mean, what a, what a resurgence of his career that anywhere he's gone in these last five, six years, he's just, he's been And when he has creative freedom, he is, uh, he's turned it to gold. So uh, again, if you're Vincent WB, you know, yeah, he's, you know, probably only got a couple years left physically as he's in his forties now, but, uh, you know, he's somebody that I would, you know, be, be thinking a couple steps ahead of, you know, what are you doing with him? When's the contract up? You know, what's, what's the deal? See, he's somebody I think that would, would, would get positive attention at NXT. If fans found out Matt Hardy was going to add an NXT and get to be woken, broken, Matt Hardy, whatever you want to call and play around in that sandbox down there. That I think that would be fun. I think he would work well in that environment. It would add that, you know, it's a very, it's a more sports-driven show and an element of that kind of, you know, create. I don't know that creativity that, that Matt Hardy brings to it outside the box kind of attitude. I think it would. I think it would. I think it would be a nice addition to that that show. Yeah, and and you know, prior it might have been hard to uh, justify that given what he's getting paid. But now that this show is now going to be on USA and it's going to be bringing in the different reported numbers we've talked about, um, you can now justify putting one of your investments of the uh, at the money level that he is on that show. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Adam Cole, Matt Hardy, be a heck of a lot of fun. Velveteen Dream, Matt Hardy. That'd be incredible. That'd be wonderful. Uh, well, uh, WWE filed the trademark for the Irresistible Force on Monday. Of course, that was the moniker that Nia Jax had been using. Uh, Nia had surgery on two torn ACLs in April. No word yet on when she's uh, going to be back in the ring. To, dude, I forgot about that. Two, two, both your ACLs torn. That sounds painful as 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 anything. Yeah, I mean that's always that's always the 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 keeping the wheels healthy is always the biggest thing if you're um, if you're a larger performer. You know, I I said you know like you know look at look at the amount of performers that are you know, you know of tall of taller and 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 bigger stature and that's always that's always got to keep the wheels and the knees going good. So uh, yeah, I mean that, that's a uh, yeah two torn ACL that that's that's serious and that's that's not a quick that's not a quick rehab. Yeah, I'm, and I'm interested to see Nia back in the mix right now. Like, I'm very happy with both the programs we have r rolling into WWE Clash here at the moment with Charlotte Bailey, which I think is great, and, of course, Sasha and Becky has been great. But, you know, each of these champions are going to need more competitors to roll out to. And Alexa Bliss is always there, but she's kind of, like, working the tag scene right now. Nia Jax, I, I think that, you know, m you know, absence makes the memory or the heart grow fonder here. I think, that, I think that people will be excited to see Nia Jax back in the women's title picture when she comes back. 
wouldn't you be excited to see Naya pick right back up where Enzo left off before he got fired or the little love affair that they're starting to tease? Is that, oh, is that where this is going to go? We're going to put Nia Jackson <laughs> next to you with Enzo? You know, Justin, <laughs> you pitch sometimes the absolute greatest ideas in the history of professional wrestling to me, and that one, oh, the cherry on the Sunday of creative ideas. That's what they were doing just when uh, Enzo when Enzo was on 205 Live. He, he and also, you know, he was, they were, they were, just on the telling of his career, they were teasing him and, and him and Naya. Yeah, there you go. You can pick right back up. You know what? I, 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 you know what? I read Twitter, and the one thing I keep hearing fans clamoring for, Justin, is the continuation of the Naya Jax Enzo feud. They're like, ugh, I feel so blue balled. We needed more from these two, you know? How you doing? All right. All right. Lastly, here, <laughs> lastly, here, before we get into some AEW news, uh, Ray Mysterio. Uh, Impact champ, Impact World Champion Brian Cage, uh, his wife Melissa Santos, they were in Medellin, Medellin, Colombia for a medical tourism trip. Mysterio Cage and Santos received stem cell treatment at Bio Accelerator Facility. Uh, facility during the trip, the wrestling stars also went paragliding. There you go. Uh, but this is the same facility that Ryback and Kevin Nash, I believe, were at recently. Uh, I think yep. KM was just on the show uh, talking about how he's going to go down there and scope it out. Uh, this is a big trend right now, this stem cell research, you know, uh, we, it's still pretty new, right? We don't really know what the long-term effects are. I don't want to, I'm not a doctor. I've read some certain things that, you know, can be hit or miss with this, but the guys seem to be, it seems to be helping out those that have done it so far quite a bit. Columbia is becoming the new Birmingham, Alabama for wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin Nash, you know, he did it. Uh, he talked about it and, and by the way, cheap plug, Kevin Nash. Uh, he'll be at Wheeling Island Casino on September 13th with us for IWC Wrestling. Wheeling Island Casino in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, and get, do a meet and greet. It starts at 5 o'clock. You can meet Kevin. Uh, and then have a great show, a great wrestling show after the fact. Oh, um, then you can ask him about his stem cell research. Yeah, there you go. Well, hey, you Trade, know what? Treatment. You know, speaking of Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash's absolute best friend, CM Punk. You know how good of friends these guys are? They love each other. Such good friends. CM Punk uh, broke the internet a little bit in the last 24 hours. He cut his first in-ring promos in years uh, for, for a segment, a video promotional bit for StarCast. Now, uh, I saw this immediately. I knew where this was filmed. It was filmed at the pro Res- It was filmed at the, in the Pro Wrestling Tees ring. Did you know the Pro Wrestling Tees? First of all, did you know they had a ring? Yes. Okay. It is in like their warehouse facility uh, next to their, their retail area. So there's uh, the Freelance Wrestling Training Academy is in there. Uh, it's where it's where wrestling happens down the street. It's up here, not not too far from where I live, actually. So CM Punk, he goes to the Pro Wrestling Tees ring. I'm told it was with the StarCast filming crew um, to do this little video bit. Now, uh, at one point, Punk took, Punk took a bump in the ring. He said, I just took a bump. That's like 20 grand right there. Thank you, Conrad. Hilarious. Uh, but the thing that got everybody buzzing out of this, it's a funny little video, but he does eventually get to an actual little promo towards the end. We had the following to say in regards to his appearance, uh, his appearance. I'm sorry to inform you all that I have to cancel my upcoming appearance at StarCast. That's what everybody does, right? Everybody cancels. Well, I'm not effing canceling because I don't cancel because I do what I want. Nobody can tell me where to go, who to work for, who to sign autographs for. Whether I have to smile to take pictures or not, I will smile because I'm actually happy to see you, but I'm not going to cancel, unlike everybody else who's ever done StarCast. I will be there, and I will see you Saturday. And, of course, I believe what he was referring to was it was also announced the last 24 hours by Conrad Thompson that John Moxley has officially been pulled from StarCast. 
Uh, he says, we received word today that unfortunately Moxley won't be able to travel to StarCast. Once he got word from his doctor, he told us, I'm sorry, this sucks. I'm sure we all echo those sentiments. We wish him a speedy recovery and look forward to seeing him soon. Of course, Moxley out of all out due to the MRSA staff infection in his elbow. Uh, do, did you watch the Pug video, first of all? Uh, I did not. I, I'm blocked by him, so it was on his Twitter. I can't see it. No, I think StarCast shared it out. Oh, no, I did not see it. Are you – sorry, wait, what are you – are you insinuating that, he, that he's taking a shot at Moxley, or, or or is he referencing, like, how, like, the <laughs> WWE-related guys who have been booked and then get pulled? I think he's like, referring what? to everybody. I think he's talking to everybody who pulls out. I think he was ribbing Conrad with that those comments there right now. Conrad leaned into it. I mean, better to laugh it off, right, than be miserable. So, in a lot of ways, I think he did him a favor by calling it out. And Not that I thought there was any malice to it. But I think he was calling out something that a lot of people are saying on Twitter right now. Yes or no? Is CM Punk going to show up Saturday? Of course he'll show up. He's, 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 yeah, of course he'll show up Saturday. Why wouldn't? No, he? no, no, not, no, not, not. Uh, no, I, mean, I don't mean Starcast. I mean, oh. I mean, are we going to see him in an AEW ring Saturday night up here? <sighs> I mean, my gut says yes, just because like there seems to be all, all the stars are aligning. Yeah, man, it just seems like there's too much. And, and, like, if it doesn't happen, I think people will be upset, you know? Which they can't be, because, I mean, he, I mean, well, it's tough, because he's coming out here saying him and all, they all keep saying, like, you know, nothing's, you know, and obviously, of course, they're going to say that. They're not going to, you know, spoil the surprise. But, I mean, if, if, if you do walk away upset, like, I know people that are going to the show Saturday night. I know people that are traveling, and, like, they kind of have, like, this expectation to see him. So, like, I'm curious, like, if they leave and don't see him, I mean, they can't blame. It's not like he's been advertised to be part of All Out. I mean, it's it's, you know. Um, no, 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 I'm this, I was just curious. I'm, I, you know, and, and by the way, for anybody who wants to make predictions of what's going to happen at, uh, Saturday night for AEW, you can go to wrestlerumble.com, make your predictions. They do the pick them for WWE, but they're doing it for this big event for AEW. And you can win up to a thousand bucks. If you predict, uh, the most correct answers of who's going to win. I'm just saying Jericho picks up the victory here, you know, wins the title at all out. And all of a sudden you hear, and Punk comes out to confront Jericho, and that's what you got going into AEW on TNT. That's a, that's about as strong as hook as you can get. That is about as strong as a hook you can get. And I mean, you know, Punk's all about wanting to do things that he has fun with, and you know, you'd think that this would be fun. And you know, by the way, it's a little bonus that he'd be getting to uh, compete against Vince. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, all the stars align for it. He's, he's not at any other MMA event on the same day as he has been on some of the past AEW shows. It's in Chicago of all freaking places. So, I mean, like this. This kind of does seem like it's like you're 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 lightning in a bottle right here. Hey Vince, they're gonna put up uh, Jericho Punk on their debut. God damn it, give me Enzo. Give me. <laughs> you are so bothered by that story. I love it. It's just gross, man. It just shows like such a miscalculation of the audience, in my opinion. If it if, if it's true, if I, it, I would say if it's true. If yeah. it's true, it's just I I don't know, man. You got Jericho Punk is what we're is what we're pontificating about right now could possibly be happening work rate great characters something that the diehards will love and they're like get us enzo i don't know man it's just so I, dumb I, like it doesn't I'll make any honest. sense to me i'll be honest back to the punk thing when i think about punk with aew i mean obviously punk jericho would be great you know and we had the guy i get actually more excited can't obviously you know we're waiting for his health to I, I get more excited by the thought of the character of cm punk versus the character of john moxley that gets me more excited yeah well in the video it was interesting uh punk was like well should i call myself phil should you call me punk who am i now <laughs> I thought that was really funny especially considering the fact that dude I, when i first met punk i'm not kidding i was told do not call him phil he hates that 
Like, for years, that was the thing. For him to actually be able to lighten up enough and make that joke, I actually think says something about this guy and where his head's at right now. He seemed pretty playful. He seemed pretty, pretty damn playful in this video, too. You know, he bounces around the ring a little bit. He does this bit where he sits down Indian style, and he's like, wait, I can't do this. Everybody does this now. <laughs> it's just like... You know, he's calling everything out. Uh, he was, uh, well, I mean, if, if, if it's all true, again, it, point, it goes back to what he's always talked about. He, just, he, he wants to do things on his terms, things that are fun, so maybe he's getting ready to have fun. Yeah, he, he definitely looked like he was in a good mood um, and very fit, very fit. Obviously, he's way into the MMA training, which I know, which is the other thing here, too. I know that he loves the MMA thing right now, and he loves being around legitimate fighters. Uh, and, like, I've, I've heard... You know, through channels that like, you know, the reason he stayed so far away from pro wrestling is because his MMA buddies like kind of, you know, maybe don't like it as much. And he's trying to like shake that off a little bit so he can be taken more seriously. So I, I don't know. Do yeah, I think- but I think I think his fighting career is done. I think he even said something similar. Like, I, I think you know, he took a stab at it. He tried it. Good for him. But it didn't work out. I mean, I think I think his involvement in the MMA world from this point moving on, he can always, of course, train just to stay involved and just stay healthy. But I think anything with MMA at this point for is just going to be announcing for him. Yeah, so man. The, uh, yeah. I think it was important to keep the pro wrestling stuff away as he was trying to train and trying to get ready to be in the in, in the in the cage and be taken seriously. But I think, you know, I think that's that's come and gone. So. Uh, you know what a perfect world for him. If, if and obviously I'm sure Tony Khan and AEW would, would would I would think would would welcome it that he you know you know wrestle for and perform for them, but still be able to do some MMA uh, you know announcing and such like that. And you know what a great crossover for AEW to get some have one of their top talents be featured in, in other you know something else like that. So I you know I but I, I think he's done with the the MMA fighting uh, professionally you know, and so therefore needing to shake that pro wrestling stank off of him maybe not it's not as 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 relevant now yeah yeah who knows uh interesting time here and of course you know these are look if i don't know that you could get a more perfectly set up big money run than what he's looking at right now and you know nothing just not not talking negatively about his work you know doing mma commentary he's got he's got a new horror movie out he's trying acting out right he's done comic book writing i don't know how much money he's making for all those things i cannot imagine he's going to make as much money as whatever gigantic check Tony Khan is willing to write him to come be a part of AEW for three years, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, who, who knows? It might, I mean, I mean, obviously he's, he'd, he'd get well paid, yes, but like, you know, it doesn't seem like money is something that he, you know, really, yeah, doesn't seem like that big of a thing to him. At least that's how he, you know, portrays it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. And, and what else do you, do you get bored sitting around your house, your giant condo in Wicker Park, Chicago? Here, it gets bored. I mean, I, 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 I got to think all signs you know, point to him. It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to get bored. It's hard to get bored when you're sitting around AJ. But yeah, you know. well, you know, whatever. It's, it's wife, right? His wife's got a little dog. You know. Anyway. Uh, lastly, here, less bit of AEW news. Awesome Kong has been confirmed for the Casino Battle Royal at AEW's All Out. It'll happen. As part of their buy-in pre-show, there are now 11 confirmed women for the 21-woman match. Kong, Brandy Rhodes, Allie, uh, Sakazaki, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Jazzy Valise, Teal Piper, Big Swole, and Sadie Gibbs. So we'll get 10 other women on top of that. Um, the last time they did this at the, with the men's version of Casino Battle Royale, uh, Hangman Page won. And then he went on to face Jericho, who, who won the match between Jericho and Omega. Um, Kong would seem likely here, but then who did they face for the inaugural AEW Women's Championship. Last time it was like, oh, you either face Jericho or, or Omega. Who's the big name that you put up against the winner of this? 
I don't know. I mean, you know, I got to show love to Britt. I mean, obviously she was you know, part of the unveiling and the rollout, you know, nine months ago. So I got to think that she's at least in a conversation of, uh, of, of uh, inaugural champion. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wonder, I wonder if we see Scarlett Bordeaux here. I wonder if she's going to be one of the women that gets tossed into this. She's like the biggest women free agent I can think of right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. My guest at this time is a former Impact Wrestling X Division champion. He can be seen every Friday night as part of Impact Wrestling. It is TJP. TJ, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me again. Oh, it's my pleasure. We, we're making regular appointments out of this thing. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you've done so much, TJ. It's like, you know, when you get access, <laughs> it's like when you get access to the library, you want to read all the books. You know what I mean, man? You don't do that in one day. <laughs> Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. No problem, man. Well, today we are talking all Impact Wrestling. Of course, you made your way back to Impact here uh, a little over a month ago now. Um, How are you approaching this run with Impact differently than you've approached uh, your previous runs with the company? Well, I think, you know, previously coming in uh, at the time, like the exhibition was such a benchmark, like for, I think, the industry. It was starting to really grow and, and, um, become a thing. So going in at that time, especially being as young as I was and uh, being the size that I was, um, obviously for younger fans, it's, you know, they may not realize this, but the business used to be way more slanted against fellows of my stature, which is (laughs) of average height and weight and below. So I kind of knew that that was my outlet was the X division going in before, but now, you know, wrestling is so different. And uh, the company is so uh, broadly built, like the roster is incredible, for one. I think it's probably the best roster they've ever had uh, as far as talent goes. And, uh, and so there's a broad spectrum of, of people that would make interesting matchups. I feel like for the first time, I'm not necessarily only relegated to, to being in, in the X division because there's, there's just everybody's in every division there. Now that you've gone out and you've had time to really go out and, and you know make a big name for yourself, TJ, do you feel more pressure this time around coming coming into Impact? Um, not necessarily. I feel maybe more responsibility is probably the best way to put it. Um, I don't tend to, I guess, register pressure, but um, you know the years have started to pile on, and and I think uh, now like the environments that I go to and the environments that I tend to create now just because of the things that I've done and, and uh, my experience and what it kind of creates like for the people around me. So like I end up being a leader when I'm not necessarily thinking that I, uh, that I, I go into situations thinking I'm going to be a leader, but now it's like I'm looked at for certain things. And, uh, and, you know, it's really just because of, you know, the roads that I've been on and now I'm kind of circling back to an old familiar place. Do you find that a lot of talent is coming up to you in the locker room, I guess, asking you for talent and advice, putting together their matches now? Yeah, tons. And I'm like, guys, and I want to say I'm the young guy here and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not anymore, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I actually, uh, uh, guys do, but it, I find that it actually helps me learn a lot too, because, um, you know, I was always told at a young age, uh, that perhaps the role that I would be in later would be that of a coach or producing that sort of thing. Um, and to mentor just because people saw like my IQ developing at such a young wrestling age. And I never, you know, that you think that that 
window is so far away and now it's like I'm at a place where I can kind of do both and uh and so yeah I do I do tend to run into guys that want to work with me a little bit more hands-on and and kind of get my take on stuff well physically how how are you holding up these days TJ uh some mornings I wake up feeling like Frankenstein today was one of those days actually yeah uh but no I I feel pretty good I think that that's uh thankfully the 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 fruits of my technical wrestling labor. You know, I always thought that that would be a lifesaver someday uh, for me, that if I could kind of branch out and get more into that sort of genre of our art. And it's one of the reasons why I've taken a lot of pride in it, just because it's, uh, it's a lot, it's low wear and tear on the body as far as, you know, being able to go for longevity. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, with Impact Wrestling, uh, you guys had your most recent set of TV tapings, down in Mexico City. Uh, how did you enjoy your time down in Mexico City at these tapings? I loved it. It was actually in the neighborhood I grew up in, sort of out there when I was living out there. Okay. Um, I say grew up in, but I, it was only a year. But uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, there's an area around the Revolution Monument. Uh, I stayed at the Hotel Montemar uh, when I was 18, anyway, and um, nearby Arena Mexico. And, and the shows were we're out there uh, around that area and uh, it was just nice to be back in the area and kind of, uh, you know, I've been back to Mexico a few times since then, but not that specific part. So to have the shows there and to have those local fans, you know, uh, be the ones to perform in front of and to eat OXO junk food and, you know, just hear the sounds of the city was, was pretty cool. How do you, uh, when you go down to Mexico and you perform, do you change up your style and your presentation for the fans there? Um, Not a whole lot, but, I'll I'll throw in a few Easter eggs for them that I kind of feel like uh, only they would recognize just stylistically, like certain things about the way I'll move or the way that I'll pace certain things just uh, because I know what they're familiar with. So sometimes I'll try to do that just uh, as a way of try going to a, it's, it'd be like going to like an alien planet and like <laughs> finding a way to communicate without directly speaking language. It's like my way of kind of, waving to them from the ring without being so obvious about it that's awesome man you know and uh talking about your presentation i was like you know looking into what's been going on here since the last time we talked and i like was just listening to your new theme song for impact it's pretty badass man i I think you have one of the better impact songs did you have any input into that yeah i actually uh picked it um originally they gave me this hip-hop song and uh Man, Eric Tompkins swung and missed on that one. And we were texting back and forth. He said, what do you think of this? And I said, I don't, I don't like that one at all. But he, uh, I'd known him a while. So he said, look, here, uh, you can kind of scroll through a database and things here that and see what we got on the production side. So that was kind of cool because I, I got to, like, see what the production team kind of works with, like some of their materials and some of their process. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah went through and picked something and I wanted to find something that was a little bit more rock and roll. I felt like that was missing from, from like my WWE stuff and even other iterations in other places. And I was looking for something that was a little bit like over modulated Jack white, maybe like black rebel motorcycle club. And I just found that, that beat and had some lyrics to it. And I don't know. I just liked it. It just felt, felt very mean. Do you get jacked up then when you're about to come through the curtain and this music hits you? I get a little bit more excited than previous songs I've had just because, uh, yeah, I've always had good music, but it didn't always necessarily suit me. You know, sometimes I get like, I get partnered up with like, like 
Florida alt rock, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not like my style, I guess. So this one's a little bit more me. Florida alt rock. I gotta go to the. I gotta go to the record store and find <laughs> you, that section. Just, if you, <laughs> I don't think there's a tab for it. I don't think there's record stores anymore, Nick. I, I think that we may have not gotten out of the house for, uh, in a while. But T- but, T- but uh, TJ, TJ, but I, I can't say if you. I live in Chicago. I live in Chicago, and I am within walking distance of not only one, but two record stores because the hipsters are pretty much taking over here. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that's probably true. I mean, it, it, that is a very, uh, very uh, trendy city as far as something like that would go, I guess. But yeah, if you, if you uh, were to hang out in Florida and drive around, guarantee you the radio would have played at least three or four songs that could have been entrance music for me at some point in time because of it's just i don't know it's a subconscious genre that they have that people don't realize that they have i don't even think they realize they have um well you know we uh we talk about you know how you've been presented before you know it's no secret you're a big gamer uh impact has a relationship with twitch they, they air on twitch um what do you what do you think of that relationship do you have any ideas about what impact could be doing to expand that relationship with twitch well i man i wish i knew uh, the ins and outs of expanding on Twitch because I I, <laughs> I uh, stream on Twitch and I uh, wish that I was better at it. But I will say that I, I found that it was really interesting initially coming back that that was one of their like distribution platforms was, was having their content on there. And I've come to find that a lot of their audience, like that's a pretty strong like outlet for them. Um, and I think that's cool because that's like, I think we had spoken before about the way that wrestling has changed as far as there's so many different ways to see it, to view it. And, you know, obviously now to distribute it and to use that platform, which is so heavily used for so many different like forms of entertainment. And, you know, I don't know that many people that are doing it, at least at that scale. Um, Yeah. I just, I, I found that to be a really interesting outlet for them. Yeah, I I agree, you know, and that's the thing is I feel like with you, it doesn't surprise me that you stream on Twitch. I feel like just (laughs) it just just TJP afternoons on Impact's Twitch channel. I feel like people would tune in just to watch you game on Impact, you know? Oh, I would love to to host a recap show that that include that is set to the backdrop of me trying to speed run Mega Man while I basically play the role of Bobby Heenan in the control center running through (laughs) matches for the week or something. I would love that. Have you not pitched this to Josh Matthews or something? That's wonderful. I would watch that. (laughs) I think it's worth another. I I have pitched that sort of thing so many times in so many places, but I haven't pitched it since I've uh, been back uh, through impact. So maybe, maybe that's, it's, it's worth dusting off that pitch. This is a layup. It's a beautiful little tip off the fingers and the ball goes into the net. This is easy, right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you gotten their ear about an, another impact video game? And uh, speaking of your video gaming. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's a constant. So all the, all the guys really want another one. Um, and we still talk about the old one. And it's funny because guys will talk to me about the old one as if, like, I published the game. You're suicide. Like, of course you did. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> they have these questions about it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to answer your question. I didn't, like, make the game in my house. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, of course, everybody's uh, looking forward to that. I think people are looking uh, for alternatives, you know. Um, I don't think that 
a lot of people are into the simulation style that 2K has, at least not everybody. And, um, and uh, like a lot of people like myself, like I love Fire Pro. I, that's always been my jam. And, uh, but a lot of people either aren't aware of it or the timing based uh, system that they have is just, it's just not their jam. So I always felt like I do run into a lot of people that were hoping for, you know, another alternative and, and to get another, another game from Impact. I think you need to work in more backstage politics to really give people the experience. Like you didn't shake Scott Demore's hand. You're on explosion. <laughs> I don't know something. Actually, well, uh, the I think the best, the best, the good one for that one would be one time Scott gave me a lot of crap for being on the massage therapist table when I was like I don't know 19 or 20, like when I first came into the company, and uh, and I was getting something on my back like worked out. And it was like, oh, look at this greenhorn, da 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 da, da. and uh, and so yeah, I've I've been meaning to give Scott crap about that. He just but was it's been like he was unhappy. It's been, it's been like fifteen years, so I forgot about it. But that would be the that would be the uh, backstage politics cutscene I would add in if we expanded the, <laughs> the that cinematic part of the game. So wait, was he upset you were getting a massage or were you just, he was just upset? I don't know why was he upset that you were? Yeah. 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 It was was just giving me crap for being the young guy on the table when, when, you know, this, those archaic wrestling things, like the, the older, the older guys run the room and, and take advantage of that stuff first. Hey, I was new. I was new and and I was told to go there because I hurt my back. So I was like, okay, I'll do what you guys say. And then I get razzed for it. But that's the way it goes. So if you're a young wrestler and you're getting hazed, chances are you can't avoid it. So at least take the easy ones. Um, last time we talked, I know you had mentioned uh, how you had hit it off with Falaba, uh, that you would be interested in tagging with Falaba. How close are we getting to that relationship playing out on, on Impact Wrestling? Uh, very close. And, you know, I've... Uh, I've had a chance to, to spend some time around him and he's, you know, he's, it's funny cause we hit it off immediately. And I, I, I that comes off very, so stereotypical, <laughs> but we did. Um, and, uh, in fact, when we went to Mexico, we pointed out a, uh, a place to get a lechon or like, uh, chicharrones, like, uh, uh, pork rinds. And, um, and uh, yeah, we get along really well, and I'm looking forward to uh, to kind of seeing if I can un- help him kind of find his beast mode back. And and on my side, like I'm looking forward to uh, letting out more of you know who I am and my personality and my background in, in ways that I didn't have an outlet for before because I was expected to be a cruiserweight, junior heavyweight slash X division guy that was just go go go. Right. So I think that we uh, were able to complement each other in a lot of ways and sort of kind of put some stuff together that unlocks pieces of us that people otherwise didn't get to see. Very cool, man. Uh, all right, well, we'll wrap it up here. You know, you just were in Mexico city impact wrestling. They're heading to Vegas here for the next set of TV tapings. Uh, what do you think fans can expect here from impact in Vegas? Uh, well, I'm expecting to grab some fantastic Korean barbecue from the secret spot that I know that I'm going to take the guys after the show. But, uh, for, yeah, 56 is in Vegas. Uh, I think it's an awesome venue for, for wrestling. Uh, it's at Sam's town. And if I remember correctly, LA had some fire, 
uh, matches from uh, some of the guys that were um, LA-based wrestlers, and a lot of them are probably going to be in or around TV here. So we might get some interesting matchups that you otherwise wouldn't see at other places, like if we did New York or, or I know Oklahoma's coming up and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll be able to kind of rock the boat and get some get some cool matchups. And, and uh, for me personally, uh, I'm looking forward to to see if uh, I can mix up with with uh, Boss some more and uh, see what we can do. There you go, uh, TJ. Anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview? Um, no, I. Uh, uh, we just uh, what we covered so far. I mean, uh, we have TVs, Las Vegas, September fifth and sixth, uh, every Friday on Twitch and Pursuit. You can catch Impact Wrestling, and uh, October twentieth, Bound for Glory will be in Chicago. So for everybody that uh, that looks forward for the big one every year, that one's coming up. That's rapidly approaching, and that's about it. So you know we're entering the with this the third season now of glow out right now. Um, how much of a wrestling fan are you uh, now as a result of, of doing this show? <laughs> um, I, uh, as soon as I learned how to wrestle, uh, I completely opened my eyes to the amazing like uh, athleticism. And uh, in addition to all the performance elements that wrestlers have to do. And I have a huge appreciation for what wrestlers do. Um, I'm not uh, following the, the drama like my uh, co-star, Rebecca Johnson, is. She is fully into it, so she'll give me little tidbits every now and then. <laughs> she'll keep me up to date. She's like my uh, sports news, wrestling sports news. <laughs> um, but but uh, uh, I uh, absolutely adore wrestling fans. I think they're so awesome and uh Every wrestler that we've come across has been so nice, and um, it's been uh, a, a awesome, like, mutual admiration for what each other does. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool that you guys, you know, you're, you're all throwing support for Kia, who recently returned to a wrestling company, AEW. So she's been doing some big things now, returning to the ring. So that's got to be I know, a fun thing. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know, on the first day of wrestling training, so we do, we did, uh, the first season we did four weeks of wrestling training as well as the second, and then the third season we did three weeks. Um, uh, and the, the first day, um, when I, when I saw who Kia Stevens, when I saw her name, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, she's a, a real wrestler? And then I looked her up and she looked so intimidating in the ring. And then the, the first day I met her, she was like, Hi, how are you? My name's Kia. Like so sweet and, and kind. And then she played a they played a prank on one of the girls who came in late uh into training. She came like five days into training. And none of the rest of us has ever wrestled. And uh so I think it was Britt Barron who plays Justine. She came in and Chavo, our coach, told Kia, like, you know, just really go at me. So she came and said, okay, everybody's going to do this. And then Kia and Chava just went at it, <laughs> just throwing each other around. <laughs> and the look on Britt's face was like, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> but Yeah, it's amazing like, how she could transform herself into that. Yeah, talking to her, you never <laughs> have even known how, who she is. <laughs> yeah, she, she, her, like, her and her husband come to my house for Thanksgiving. Um, and it, it feels like she's a superhero in my home. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Speaking of Chavo, um, 
also, uh, for Wrestling Inc., he did an interview uh, not that long ago where he actually mentioned you kind of as a natural um, on <laughs> to the wrestling because of your photographic memory. Um, do you kind of remember kind of taking to it very quickly? Yes, I do. Um, it was quite a surprise to me that I was able to kind of look at a move and then do it right away. Um, and I, I honestly think that a lot, I can attribute a lot of it to being a physical comedian and I think pratfalls and any kind of, um, uh, joke, physical humor is, uh, helped me with wrestling. Um, and I also, you know, take, took dance and music. I'm not like a professional dancer or anything, but I do have a lot of body awareness and I didn't realize that wrestling was so close to, it's like a mix of like, it's like a slam dance with some physical comedy. So, and just like also being a, a ham, like when you fall, just really like a good soccer player, just like, Oh, my knee, my knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm yeah. Very always playing it up, playing it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you mentioned yeah. um uh, um you mentioned uh meeting uh some wrestlers over your time as part of Glow. Do you have one in particular that kind of was re- really an especially memorable experience for you? Well, you know, we went to the WWE all the all the Glow girls and we watched um we did a bit with two of the the wrestlers um and they were uh, so funny and fun. And what was, I think, the most amazing part was um, uh, watching them. Like, you get one take backstage. Everybody's backstage, like, I'm going to kick your ass. And the person's like, I'm going to kick your ass. And they're, like, cutting, like, great, good, good show. I can't wait to see you in the ring, you know. Um, I believe that was uh, Naomi. She was pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, I forget the other girl she was beefing with. Uh probably know better than I do. Um, but they were so awesome. And then obviously awesome. we got to meet um, the real girl girls from the original 1980s series. And they've been so supportive. Don plays Kadiva, Little Egypt. Um, uh, they've all, they, they reach out and they show up to events and, and share their stories. And that's uh, a pretty trippy experience. Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, this season, you guys are in Las Vegas. Um, just talk about what the, maybe the difference uh, in aesthetic is having filming um, as part of it. You know, it seems like things are a lot bigger in Vegas and just the, the impact that it has on all the girls. But it, what's great, I think, about this season is um, there's a little bit more focus on some of the, I don't want to say secondary characters, but characters that we don't really see, um, we, ha- we haven't seen at the forefront. So they're kind of getting mm-hmm. their time to shine. So it must kind of created kind of a, I don't know, like a, I don't say freshness, but just kind of a new energy on set, I think, with, with between Gina Davis, between Las Vegas, and just kind of having some of the actresses really getting the opportunity to kind of show what they can do. Yeah, this season um, was completely different than any other season we have done in the past. Obviously, we got pretty comfy in our gym space. Um, in uh, Los Angeles, and we filmed in Los Angeles, even though it took place in Vegas. Right. Because Las Vegas looks too much like 2019 Las Vegas. <laughs> um, which, I mean, sh- 
it's believable that Cher would be there in in 1985 or in 2019. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we shot a lot of it in Las Vegas and. Uh, obviously, Gina Davis being on our set was, brought an incredible, exciting energy because she is a legend. And obviously, this show is all about uh, uh, a lot of female empowerment. It's about women's issues. And she has kind of stood for that her entire career. So uh, for her to be there was uh, a very special for all of us and she's uh we I think every single cast member set at a different point to Gina Davis so like I admire you so much you're my hero <laughs> so I can't imagine what it's like to be Gina Davis <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah the uh it was really amazing to see the ensemble shine this season um we've always really supported each other whether no matter where we are on screen, and it's always felt like an ensemble show. Um, mm-hmm. And this season in particular, it was nice. They they took, um, so for example, in episode six, Melrose and Jenny, played by Ellen Wong and Jackie Cohn, they shared their real stories with the showrunners, and they incorporated a lot of their real-life stories um, into that episode, which was very remarkable, very emotional, and that was my personal favorite episode. Uh, and um, and then for me, I'm I'm playing a clown most of the time for the first few seasons, and suddenly I'm walking into season three as a villain. Um, so it was a really interesting transformation for me, and like being around Las Vegas, like this place that's basically like a in indoor air conditioned. Well, weird, uh, you know, and uh, doing the same show over and over again. Uh, the the characters, I think, started to have these like uh, existential crises. Yeah, and it seems like you know at the end, you know, there's this big cliffhanger. So hopefully, I mean, I think there should. I mean, if there's a season four, I mean, I think if there's not, I think there's going to be an uprising. <laughs> considering uh, where we left, where we leave off, but if there is a season four, where can you, you want to see your character go and just what you think would be next for, yeah. for yourself? Well, first of all, it's good to know that we have the wrestling community behind us for the uprising because they're tough and <laughs> smart <laughs> um, and uh, can, can body slam a season four. Um, and uh, I would love to see um, – my character uh, continued to kind of explore that villainous side of her a little bit, um, but I would also love for her and Dawn to get back together to come up with some new uh, comedy duos, some new tag team bits, because uh, that's my absolute favorite place to be, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, doing comedy with my partner in crime, Rebecca. Yeah, and you mentioned working with Rebecca. I know you had uh, directed a short film, Consent. I know GLOW touches on a lot of topics when it comes to, to women and empowerment and just different issues facing women um, back then mm-hmm. and these days. Um, just talk about that project and kind of what it means to you to kind of collaborate in such a, you know, tough, you know, important topic. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca um, uh, wanted to make a short film about her personal experiences um, uh, dealing with uh, consent, sexual assault, um, 
and wanted to talk about the gray line between sexual assault and uh, a bad date. And we'd been, we had been started talking about it and how she wanted to make a film and she knew she wanted me to direct it. So we started to develop this uh, script and um, we went through several drafts because uh, oftentimes, you know, it is a very tricky, delicate sub- subject and um, you don't want it to go one way where it seems like uh, you don't want her to be portrayed as a victim and you don't want her to be portrayed as some kind of revenge um, film. So what Rebecca did is uh, so smart and clever. She uh, took the idea of uh, consent and flipped it on its head and made it a bit of an allegory. So it's about a singer uh, named Libby who is um, has a, a, a connection with this guy from the, uh, the stage, and then she starts singing to him without his consent and takes it a little too far. So we have been able to open up conversations with people by looking at it, coming at it from a different angle. We're able to talk about um, the subject uh, uh, more openly, I think. And um, it's been a wonderful experience. And obviously it was very difficult on the day because um, uh, the the person who played the quote-unquote victim in the movie is played by a white man and uh, Tate Ellington, who is an amazing actor. But we had to keep telling him, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say no right away if she started singing to you because you don't want to offend her, but you kind of want to keep her interested. And we were explaining to him what it was like to be a woman. And he was so miserable at the end of the day. He said, I feel like shit. And we were like, oh, okay. Well, it's an eye-opening experience, I think, for all involved. All right. And then uh, lastly, uh, just, you know, I know you're, I believe you have a podcast as well that you just launched not that long ago? Yeah, actually, yeah. It's coming out in the beginning of October. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, It'll be um, available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I'm working with a company called Erios, E-A-R-I-O-S. Um, it'll be po- uh, produced by John, Jen Perry Leamy, and it's called The Mother of All Shows, and it's an anthropological and comedic look at all things motherhood. So, um, yeah, I, when I found out I became a mother, I cried. Um, when I found I was pregnant, I just cried like a 15-year-old girl rather than the, like, 30-something married woman that I was. <laughs> And I think it was because I started looking at the internet and didn't have any resources. Um, the internet's the devil, um, if you're a mother. So I wanted to create a podcast that uh, doesn't take motherhood too seriously, but asks uh, uh, the question, why Why were these rules made and who actually made them? Because there's a lot of judgment and unnecessary like uh, pressure on mothers and and fathers parents in general um i'm sure wrestling fans are gonna love it so i mean well you can have kia on one day i mean she's a mom i'm sure she can kind of can go on the show and kind of talk about her experiences (laughs) yeah i i would i'm gonna get uh all the all the wrestling moms on a podcast one time that's a great idea there you go there's so many out there i just created a top yeah there you go (laughs) yeah 
I'll, I'll attribute you to that episode. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Love the the new season. So it's great to kind of talk about and reflect on everything that happened. So appreciate you watching before. it. Yes. Let's continue to get the word out and um, do our part. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Rate five? I don't know. How does it work? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets Trent Glow, please, season four trending, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. No problem. Bye-bye. Thank you, Justin, for joining me for the news at the top of the show. Thank you to TJP. Thank you to Scott Fishman for going out and chatting with Glow's Kimmy Gatewood. Of course, uh, Glow is now available on Netflix. Go check it out. It's very good, is it not, Justin? That's great. Uh, and speaking of Kimmy, I was <laughs> last night I was watching the episode of when they all went on their uh, overnight campy trip and uh, and, and the biddies were uh, hitting the pot. Hitting the pot. You are so square. <laughs> hitting the pot. <laughs> Smoking bongs. Is what they were doing, Justin. It was hilarious. I'm aware. Smoking bogs out in the desert. No spoilers, but they get high. What did, what did, I don't know why I always think of it. What did Adam Sandler say in Big Daddy uh, when he's interrogating the kids? Uh, um, smoking the Chiba. Smoking the Chiba. Even that's cool, though. Hitting the pot. <laughs> Who are you, my 55-year-old older friend here? Are you a, are you a cop, Justin? Are you a cop? You have to tell me if you are. <laughs> officer. Jeez, officer. That seems to be the officer problem. Yeah, the officer in the room here getting up on me. Anyway. Uh well that was delightful. <laughs> I do love I do love you know what? I do love my stoner comedy. Low key the rascals, like my favorite gimmick in all of pro wrestling right now. I think it's hilarious. It's so funny. Uh, with that, uh, again, I want to remind you, I'm heading off here to Schaumburg here to cover the, uh, the all out press conference and weigh in, uh, but we'll have coverage of Starcast and all out all weekend long. Of course, we'll also have coverage of UK NXT UK takeover, new Japan's Royal quest and warrior wrestling six. That'll be on Sunday. Um, Justin, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show? Yeah. WrestleRumble.com. Go to WrestleRumble.com. Make your predictions for uh, AEW Saturday night. Like I said, first prize is a thousand dollars. Of course, uh, Give us, uh, give me a follow on uh, Twitter at Justin Labar, and leave some comments about the Winkly on the uh, Wrestling Inc. iTunes channel. Yeah, great. Yes, uh, instead of leaving a positive tweet, actually, you can leave me a positive tweet about the show, but copy paste that. Go drop it on our iTunes channel as a nice comment. Uh, that stuff is always appreciated. And of course, this Friday night, tomorrow night, 10 p.m. at Starcast, I am hosting the Starcast Improv Show. Uh, some of Chicago's finest improvisers. I got the best improv keyboardist in the city, John Sturk. My good friends Kevin Kellum and Cassio Kidd are going to do a little stand-up comedy. And uh, Ross Berman is going to play some folk music to shut us down. He has a folk song about Tom McGee that will blow your mind. So if you're coming uh, out to StarCast tomorrow night, 10 p.m., come find us at the Blue Chew Pavilion. That's right. The Blue Chew Pavilion there. Get you up. Get you erect. Get ready for comedy here the Blue Chew Pavilion. You can enjoy some it's comedy. Pretty, <laughs> is that good? Pretty hard. Pretty, pretty hard pavilion, I heard. Very hard pavilion. Your 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 lungs will not be flaccid because they'll be worked hard from the laughing. That's pretty good. Right? And and hitting the pot. Hitting the pot with Officer Justin Labar here on the Winkley. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm at Wink Rubble over on Twitter. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.